Hey guys, it's Mark. And I'm Charity. And welcome to the Case Watch Podcast. Case Watch deals with content meant for a mature audience. Listener discretion is advised. Case Watch. Confirming the body found in Grand Teton National Park is Gabby Petito, and she was killed. We, the jury, in the above entitled action, find the defendant, Orenthal James Simpson, not guilty of the crime of murder. Late today, Chris Watts was officially charged with the murders of his wife and his two young girls. Remember these words. If it doesn't fit, you must acquit. Hey, Charity. Hi, Mark. It's been a while since we did a cold open. I know. We need more voicemails. We do. We also need more people to reach out to us. Text and voicemail line 603-212-4600. Info at casewatchpodcast.com. Dot com. And remember, leave a five-star review if you want on your podcast player of choice. Also, I don't think we've announced this officially on air yet. I don't think we have. We will. This episode will probably be one of them. That's right. Uh, we will be... Basically, front and center on the Amazon Music app, we were picked. I'm so, so excited. Thank you, guys, thank for everyone you. who started following us on there and letting them know, like, hey, this Case Watch podcast is pretty good. Yep. Thank we, you, guys. We appreciate it. They always have our back, Mark. They really do. Like, honestly, the Crime Creep group, which is a private group on Facebook, for those of you who don't know. Oh, like and we're in the 900s now. Woo woo. Yeah. Woo woo wee woo. Let's get to a thousand. That group. Is probably one of my favorite places to be just because everyone's hilarious. Oh my God. They all have the same senses of humor as us. Which is awesome. I love that there's that many of us. Makes me feel pretty good, actually. Me too. So let's jump right in because you said we have a longer case today. So do you have something special for us today? I have some more weird history. I love weird history. Guys, I was just telling Mark, sometimes I think I'm going to run out of weird history. Because, like, we've done so many of them so far. Yep. But there's so much so much out there. There's a ton. It's a big world, guys. It's a big world of stupidity. It's a big world fun of fun, full of funness. <laughs> Can't even talk today. I, <laughs> I think it's because it. it's so rainy. Yeah. I got really rained on. And guess what, guys? Mark forgot to unlock the front door. Yeah, I did. So Charity got really rained on, but it's okay. Well, I'm to be dry honest now. with you, you you started you ran to the door, so you, like I heard you pull up, and I was like, oh. <laughs> did you did you you didn't know how fast I was? I'm like I a didn't. gazelle. I'm like a gazelle, Mark. <laughs> and I, our driveway's empty right now because we just had it reseal coated again yesterday yeah. because it messed up. Oh, so like I wasn't parking in the driveway. I was so wondering I was why you guys were on the lawn. Yeah, I parked in the lawn. That's math. We decided, you know, the driveway's full, so might as well just sit over here. I skadooed, and I have long legs, so I think I only did like wait a minute three you three skidooed? jumps. Yeah, I think I did like three three jumps, and I made it to your front steps. <laughs> just kidding. Not I'm that. looking outside <laughs> right now, and it is like monsoon. It was monsooning. <laughs> Kristen says to me the typical thing that I hate. Well, we really need the rain. I said that I'm like, too. Oh, I hate that. It's true though. Oh, but I have to go to the grocery store after this, and we I do too. hate grocery shopping when it's raining. I might Instacart now, so because I don't have oh, to, I don't, don't want to get know. wet. Oh, I know. I didn't bring my umbrella. Anyway, sorry guys, I'm off on a tangent. Let's get into some more weird history. Jump Ready? right in. Mm-hmm. Way back in 540, Sasanian Emperor Kos- Kosro. 
number one, or I. I love this. <laughs> took down the city of Antioch. He and his men completely destroyed the city only to rebuild it as his own. The emperor rebuilt an almost duplicate of Antioch. And when he was done, he called it. Now I'm going to mess this up, but I'm going to try Antioch. my best. <laughs> he called it Wei, W-E-H, Antioch, and then Kusra, K-H-U-S-R-A-U. I think I did okay, actually. Let's it was go me. with it. Okay. I don't know. Uh, I can't even Would imagine. you like to know the transition transition of this new city's name? Translation? Translation of this new city's name. I would. Cosro made this city better than Antioch. <laughs> I like this. What an idiot. I am so happy to know that even as far back as 540, there were still peeps as immature as we are. <laughs> he took down the damn city, built it exactly, an exact duplicate of it, and then renamed it. Now, this new city is better than the old city. I do like that. I got to give him that. <laughs> oh, my God. We should give him a Dundee. <laughs> no, not my Dundee. He, no, no. <laughs> Her face just I, changed. I like, want to be the only one with the Dundee. Okay, next. Next up. There were many strange jobs in history, and one of the grossest jobs was in Roman times. You see, in these times, the royals would have huge feasts and eat and eat well beyond being full. I do that every single weekend. <laughs> but do you do this? It was very common practice to eat to the point of throwing up only to be able to eat more. No, 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 no. I don't. Is that one? A, that's bulimia, right? Or is that anorexia? I uh, that's bulimia, but I don't believe these people were bulimic. They just wanted to empty their stomach so they could eat more. But then they like eventually didn't throw it up again. So I think with bulimia, you just keep throwing gotcha. up. Yeah. They just wanted, it was gluttony, basically. <laughs> So that was like from um, Varsity Blues. The guy is no longer with us anymore, but he was ox in the show. And he throws up in the washing machine. And he comes out and he's like, puke and rally. Yes, exactly. I was like, that's I what love the, that. Okay, so that's what these people, these. Yeah. Okay. So to keep these feasts clean, they would have vomit collectors. That's a job I do not want. These vomit collectors did exactly what it sounds like they did. They would stand around holding bowls and wait to be summoned over to someone so they could throw up in the bowl. <laughs> oh, my God. This is gross. At many of these gatherings, there were so many people needing to throw up and not enough bowls. So they would simply up check on the floor. The vomit collectors would quickly clean up the mess and wait for the next pukey McPukey pants. <laughs> that is so disgusting. Can you? I don't. Oh, ooh. that was like the. um. Was it the Greeks that would poop on the floor and then? Really? Had, yes. Where was? Remember we read about that? It, they'd poop. I must in the, have blocked that out of my and mind. Then, and then the poop people would come clean it up. Here we look back on these civilizations like they were wonderful, and they really don't sound like they were. <laughs> well, we've come a long way, guys. Um, Mark, have you <laughs> to ever, an extent. <laughs> have you ever heard of Catullin? No. All right. She was a descendant of Genghis Khan. To say she was a badass was an understatement. Women of those times were to be married to a man, many times, sorry, a man that was chose for them. They couldn't even choose their own man, right? Not Catullin. She refused to marry any man unless the said husband could beat her in a wrestling match. Oh, boy. 
Not only did she challenge these men to a wrestling match for her hand in marriage, but she would also make them put their horses up for the winnings. Some have said that she had won thousands and thousands of horses. This is like that girl from Indiana Jones. (laughs) Yeah. These men just didn't have a chance when they stepped into the ring. Let's just say Catullin never married. (laughs) Oh, my God. their asses. (laughs) Good on you. Love her. She's awesome. Robert Liston Liston was a surgeon in the 1800s. He was respected and well-renowned. He was one of the few surgeons that could perform a surgery very fast. And this was very helpful considering back in the day, there was no such thing as anesthesia. You would probably be given some alcohol and prayed for it to be over quick. Oh, I can't imagine. I, really I, I can't. like this. Oh, my foot hurts. Let's drill a hole in head. Yes. Yeah. Like, th- these aren't surgeons, people. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes being quick can lead to some trouble. I can assume it's hard I've to be heard quite that before. as. Wait, press the button. <laughs> That's what she said. Sorry. I can assume assume it's hard to be quite as thorough thorough when rushing to get a procedure done. Let's just say that this is is what may have happened to Robert while performing a routine leg amputation. He was working so fast, sawing at the patient's leg mark, that he cut off two of his assistant's fingers accidentally. (gasps) Sadly, the patient and the assistant both died of gangrene. The saw was most likely dirty. The third death was said to be an elderly doctor. Back then, they would have had an area for onlookers to watch the surgery. So now, you know, they keep the room clean and sanitized and they people watch from behind glass. Yep. Well, they just sat around and watched in the same room where the surgery took place. Did I ever tell you about, I don't know if they do anymore, but I remember back in the 90s, they used to have... I don't even know what it was called. It was like Operation, where you could watch operations on TV. And back then, me and my friends may have dabbled in a little marijuana. Oh. And we would watch these for hours. And it was right on like PBS or something like that. Really? And like we were watching this surgery, and it was like in-depth. And we were definitely puffing the magic dragon (laughs) back in the day. Not anymore. I'm a truck driver now. I can't do that. And... Like, we watched this surgery, and we were just like, this is great. And they, they finally, after like an hour or something, they back up and pan out. Guy's junk was sitting right there. We were watching a surgery on somebody's penis unit. And you didn't know that? No. Oh, oh. so gross. We still talk about that to this oh, day. Oh, you guys are gross. Like, you guys that, are gross remember guys. Remember time we watched the, uh, the, the penis surgery? What were they Doing to the penis. I don't know. We changed it. Never spoke of it again. <laughs> no, it's just like one of those like, wow, I was not expecting that. Yeah. I, I, I don't get grossed out by watching surgeries at all. I enjoy watching them. Yeah. I find that very surprising to me. Yeah. yeah. I like Sharon watching get grossed um, out by that. One of my favorite shows is my 600 pound life. I love that show. I love that show. I love Dr. Now. I think he really loves his patients. I love it when they get the people that don't like him. They're like, yes. What do you know? Yeah. I know what I need to eat. Yeah. He's like, you sure do. <laughs> I know. With this little accent. He has that like bedazzled stethoscope. Anyways, yes, I, I, do I like, like watching Dr. the now. surgeries. He he does. I like all those shows. Me too. I it's, can't help it. I know. You just, you just keep going. All right. So anyways, the elderly doctor must have been sitting a little too close because he got sliced with the blade. The slice only cut his jacket, but he went into shock thinking he had been sliced deep and had an instant heart attack. 
wow, talk about having a really bad day. <laughs> Instead of saving one life, you take three. Because he had a bad day. Because he had a bad day. Oh, my God. That is wow. Mm-hmm. Hey, Mark. Hey, Charity. You know how people start trends and they go viral? I've been trying to do that my whole life. What kind of trend? Anyway. Mark, let's do it. What do you want to start? Let's start the uh, Join the Case Watch Crime Creep group on Facebook. All right, guys. That is the newest trend. That really is. If you if you are, you just need to be a part of it. It's You're going to miss out. Yep. You just got to do it. Let everybody know that this is the podcast where it's at. Okay, so, you know, remember planking? Planking. Oh, my God, Do you yes. remember, they were like, they were like, even a few full episodes of The Office where they were randomly planking. Yes. <laughs> Everyone was planking, like, Love someone would be planking on, like, a park bench randomly. Yeah. And then there was like parkour. I know parkour is still around, but like. That's a skill though. I I think I'm looking funny when I'm walking with you somebody. Parkour. And I don't really parkour, but I like hop, I hop up on like a curb and I'm like parkour. I can totally see you doing that. <laughs> and it's just for my own amusement. Anyway, sorry. Nowadays, it's much easier to make a trend go viral. It wasn't as easy back in the day due to not having access to the internet, etc. Yep. It was hard back then. But this doesn't mean it didn't happen. In the 1950s, phone booth stuffing was apparently a thing. Wait a minute, what? <laughs> phone booth. There's pictures, guys. <laughs> I, I didn't hear the last phone booth what? <laughs> stuffing. <laughs> okay. This is I, I get where you're going. It first started outside the United States, but by the late 1950s, it hit the U.S. running. People would squeeze themselves into the booths trying to beat records. They would literally lay on top of each other, squished in, packed in tight like sardines. The world record was recorded in March of 1959 in South Africa. Sounds like this took place all over the place. What's the record, though? Do we know? The record states that 20 Five people were able to jam into a phone booth. <laughs> that is absolutely crazy. It's been said that while the 25 peeps were in the booth, the phone rang. It is unknown who the caller was because no one was able to get their hands free to answer. I love this. <laughs> There's pictures. You should look I it up. I'm going to have to look this There's up. people literally like, it was a thing. But isn't this awesome, right? So think about yeah. it. This was back. There was no social media. Yet it still made it the good into a different country. Yeah. I mean, it made it all across the world. I know. All um, right. Continue on. I'm going to have to look up phone booth stuffing. That was the last one. Ah, I'm sorry. All right. Well, let's roll right into the episode then. No, look it up, though. Look it up. Look it up. I want you to see it. All right. I got to check it. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Out guys, right here, live on air. All right, put it into my friend, Mr. Google. Oh, Miss Wiki and Mr. Google? Are they married? They probably should be. Oh, my God, guys, this is to not be uh, not looked up. That's for sure. You definitely need to go do this. <laughs> this is hilarious. 
I love it. The first one that comes up and the look on the guy's face when he's got his face right on top of the other guy's butt <laughs> is, is classic. I want, but you didn't win anything. <laughs> Half the stuff I do in life, it doesn't matter if I win That's something true. or not. It's, it's just for your own yeah. enjoyment. It's like, can I do this? I turn everything into a game, though. I really do. You have to. It's the only way I can make it through this cruel, cruel world. Yep. And I that. know you as well as I do. You probably have a very big cruel case for us to hear today. It's not as cruel as some of the cases we've had, but yes, okay. it's still not nice. So we're going to be talking about Henry Lewis Wallace, and he was nicknamed the Taco Bell Strangler. I love Taco Bell. You wouldn't like this Taco Bell. See, this is right here. This is a guy. With three first names. What have we've always been, so, been oh, told? Oh, yeah. Mark has warned us of this. Henry Lewis Wallace. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's roll with it. Okay. Henry Lewis Wallace was born to a single mother named Lottie Mae Wallace. How cute is that name? I do like that. On November 4th, 1965, in Barnwell, South Carolina, Henry had a sister that was three years older than him, and the two lived with their mother and their grandmother. Apparently, Lottie didn't get along with her mother, and the two would argue and fight on the daily. The family was very poor, even though Lottie worked many hours at a textile company. She must not have made much hourly, and with one income, I can see why there wasn't much cash flow at all. The family's home had no electricity and no indoor plumbing. Lottie was very stressed and seemed to take it out on those closest to her. Our family. Here yeah, we go again. This is like the same story over and over. She was said to be extremely strict on her children and discipline them harshly. She could not deal with young Henry. He seemed to be more of an annoyance than anything. That's sad right there. Isn't it? You're going to do what you always do or you're going to make me feel bad for this person and they're going to turn out to be horrible. No. Who says? I just feel it coming. Lottie was known to verbally abuse her son and pick on him for even of the smallest mistakes. When Lottie was too tired to discipline her two children after a long day at work, she would simply instruct them to grab a switch from outside and whip each other while she watched. How lovely. That's crappy. I did ask Miss Wiki what a switch was, even though I assumed on my own. <laughs> and here is what she had to say. A switch is a flexible rod, which is typically used for corporal punishment. Great. Yeah. So you're going to make your kids do that to each other while you watch. Lovely. I assume the children grab tree branches to whip each other. It's horrible. It really is. Horrible. Because it's pitting them against each other now. Right. And the, the sister was three years older, so she was definitely stronger. You know, we hear the same story over and over. A child or children that are born into a stressful situation. Instead of being a blessing, they are instead a cause of more stress and suffer the consequences because of it. Sad. As Henry grew into his childhood, he would, of course, grow out of his clothes. Right? Like any kid, grow fast. Because of the lack of money, instead of Lottie buying both of her children new clothes, she would simply pass her daughter's clothes down to her son when he was in need. How sad this That's little horrible. boy is having to wear his older sister's hand-me-downs to school. It's like he doesn't didn't even have a chance with the kids. Kids are so mean. Yeah. Can you imagine? Like, I, 
I can assume he was made fun of mercifully. Had to have been. By all accounts, it seemed as though Henry was able to use his personality and forget about his horrible poor home life while he was at school. In fact, while he was attending Barnwell High School, he became well-liked and even popular. His mother wouldn't allow him to play football. I'm not sure why. Like, she didn't care if she hurt him. I don't want you him. getting hurt somewhere else because you get hurt at home. Uh, That's yeah, horrible. It makes no sense. It makes none. So instead, he became a cheerleader. At least he could be part of the team still. So yep. he was one of the, probably the dudes that like threw the girls up and apparently ha- was great at it. looking back as an adult, that probably would have been one of the coolest things to do. Oh, I bet. <laughs> I bet I he I, enjoyed it. I think I missed out. Mark, he was even on the student council. In fact, Henry loved high school. He loved having friends, participating in all sorts of activities. He was appreciated and liked the opposite of everything going on at home. Henry later said that he began fantasizing about rape and having violent sex. He has said this began after he witnessed a gang rape at the age of eight. And that was according to A&E's show First Blood. So there was an episode on, on that show about this. Okay. Also, according to the show, at the age of 16, he tried to rape a friend's younger sister. Okay. so Not good. But people really aren't noticing. All right. So I have to ask then, roughly what time frame are we in right now? Late 70s, early 80s. All right. Things were much more swept under the rug in this time period, unfortunately. Yeah. It's sad. It's very sad. Despite his home life, his academic struggles, and his disturbing thoughts... Henry was able to graduate in 1983. So he did struggle academically. He was he was in all those activities and he was, you know, looking from the outside in. He was popular, had lots of friends, but he, he graduated by the very skin of his teeth. I get it. He seemed to have excelled in every aspect of high school experience except his grades. He even had a girlfriend named Maretta Brabham. Oh, that was good. He had a girlfriend. Henry was unclear on what he wanted to do after graduation, and clearly he had no direction from his mother. He tried a semester at South Carolina State College and wasn't really a fan, so he tried another semester, this time at a technical college. At the same time, he worked part-time as a DJ, and he loved this job way more than school. DJing's fun, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you would know. (laughs) That's right. It just doesn't pay much. Mark was a DJ. Yeah, radio doesn't. Do it. For every Howard Stern, there's 50 million people like this dude. Yes. It's like ridiculous. Well, there's not a lot of money in radio. Well, unfortunately, Henry went and ruined this job for himself because he decided it would be a good idea to steal CDs. Well, he, of course, got caught and fired. That's not good. Especially since there used to be a ton that you could just take. I don't know. I don't, maybe you weren't supposed to do that, Mark. I'm just kidding. Not knowing what direction to turn, Henry decided to join the United States Navy in 1985 and marry his high school sweetheart, Moretta. Yay. Yay. End of the story. It's a happy ending. (laughs) Oh, wait a minute. It's not over, guys. Probably not over yet. (laughs) Things seem like they're going in a positive direction for him. Don't you think? certainly do. I know they're going to fall off the edge here in a minute. Maybe... He was able to ignore his disturbing thoughts and focus on his new wife and new career in the Navy. I'm going to say negative. Mark, why are you being so negative? Because this is what you do to me, Charity. I you do find not. You bad cases. No, I do not. Okay. 
I Actually, you. I have douche scribbles in my douche notebook. That's what I use it for now. <laughs> so I have a bunch of names that I've been going through of really yucky people. And I just put check marks through them when they're, when I've done the case. So there's a check mark through this one. That's so funny. <laughs> I got to use the douche notebook still. It's my fave. I remember when you made that, how proud of it you were. Oh my gosh, so proud. It's a good notebook. <laughs> I know. Um, maybe it's not going to turn out bad though. Okay. The story. All right. I think I, you should stay uh, positive, say positive, and open minded. And open minded. I'm going to not let the fact that he wants to. He's been fantasizing about. And you know what? Very cruel and mean sex. And you know what? Maybe you should start keeping your opinions to yourself. Yeah, you're right. You're right. All right, because some forgot. people don't like them. Yep, I forgot. Yeah. I'm sorry, lady. I already forgot who your name was. Who left a bad <laughs> review? Monica missed. There we go. Sorry, Monica. <laughs> Sorry, Monica. Oh. Well, the Navy did not straighten him out. While there, he started using more than one drug. He really enjoyed crack cocaine. <laughs> that was like his joy. That's he was so stationed in Washington and began to burglarize throughout the Seattle area. Three years into his Navy career, in January of 1988, he was caught and arrested after burglarizing a hardware store. He pled guilty that June and was sentenced to two years of probation. I think he was pretty darn lucky. Right? Right? He was also honorably discharged from the Navy. Maybe Aww. this was done because he pleaded to a lesser charge and only received probation. Who knows? It was just known that he was not welcome in the Navy any longer. So they were nice enough to honorably discharge him. Which is shocking to yeah, me. Yeah, I don't know. And, the, and, you know, I tried to, there wasn't much more I could find. Um, just that he was honorably discharged. So maybe it was because he, I mean, he was in the Navy when he committed the robbery, but he, it wasn't like on base or Doesn't something. Matter. Yeah. Matter. I don't know. I don't know. Back home, he and his wife, Moretta went. On March 8th, 1990, Henry would commit his first murder. So um, I did read in other places that he and Moretta went back home and they lived with his mother because they had nowhere to live. Okay. Okay. The victim was an 18-year-old Barnwell High School student named Tashandra Bethia. After murdering her, he then dumped her body into a lake right in his hometown. Tashandra's body wasn't found for two full weeks. The police actually brought Henry in and questioned him as a person of interest in the young girl's death, but he was never charged. Huh. Mm-hmm. Around the same time as Tashandra's murder, there was an attempted rape of another Barnwell girl a 16-year-old girl. Henry was also questioned about this, but again, no charges brought Makes me wonder him. why they were questioning him. What stood out? I wish I knew. I think people maybe did notice his actions, was, but just didn't say wondering. anything hmm. because back then, I don't know. I really honestly don't know, but they didn't have enough to arrest him, so on he went. It's like they knew he was responsible, but they just didn't have enough. That's because they got questions. You know what for I both. mean? For yeah. both. Like, why? Yeah. Henry had been working as a chemical operator for Sandoz Chemical Company. Who knows why? But in 1991, he was fired from this job. The same year, Moretta said, Peace out. <laughs> <laughs> she was done being married to him. I have to say, she was very lucky. Oh. She, she peaced out. That's good. Remember that DJ job he had at a radio station that he loved so much that I he ruined? Do. Okay. 
he decided to return to the station. But he he did it when it was closed and no one was there, you know, to break in. Oh, that's not the same as getting no, his job back. No, it's for old time sakes. Okay. Yeah, he just, he missed it. Oh, and while he was there, he stole expensive video and recording equipment. Uh-oh. And then this asshat was caught trying to pawn them. It didn't say if he received any jail time from this incident, <laughs> but I'm assuming not because he keeps on oh, keeping on. I love people. So I don't know if they just caught him. So they were like, yeah, dude, no, you can't do that. And Shame maybe, on you. And maybe because it's a smaller town, they didn't trust. I don't know. Who knows? But again, he. Stupidity. Was off. Looking for a fresh start, the newly single and ready to mingle man decided to move to Charlotte, North Carolina. <laughs> I like the way you said that. That just cracked me up. Oh. Guys, I hope you appreciate these little things that I put in. I do. <laughs> While there, he bounced around to different fast food restaurants, but was fired from most of them. He had started smoking crack cocaine again on the regular. It's been said that during this time, he may have gotten one of his girlfriends pregnant. Uh-oh. But we, I, we really don't know for sure. If he needed money, he would commit a crime and get some. But it wasn't until he was hired as a manager of a Taco Bell near the Eastland Mall. Side note, this mall is no longer open this present day. He would start his murdering spree. So forget about that first murder. Okay. He starts his spree. I'm just trying to remember back to five minutes ago when you said, he might be a nice guy. Why are you judging him? <laughs> so I'm just. Mark, I think that was more like seven minutes. Yeah. Give me give me a little bit like credit here. I'm just thinking back to that. And now you just said murder spree. So let's yeah. jump right in. Okay. Both feet. Okay. Let's, it's like we're starting from the beginning again. Yeah. <laughs> 33-year-old Sharon Nance was a local drug dealer and lady of the night, if you catch my drift. Elvira. What, oh, all what do you, what do you, what does Mark say? Brown chicken, brown cow. <laughs> brown cow. Yeah, brown chicken, brown cow. <laughs> in May of 1992, Henry picked her up looking for some rough lovins. I said it like that to make it a little nicer, but <laughs> she performed the agreed upon acts. And when she was done, the silly girl asked to be paid. Oh gosh. Why mm -hmm. would she do that? Uh, because this is her job, Mark. Okay. This enraged Henry, so he beat her to death. Now, a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. I can tell you that I'm always helping other people and never give enough time to actually help myself. How well would you take care of your car if you had to keep the same one your entire life? That's how our brain works, so why don't we treat them that way? How we care for our minds affects how we experience life, so it's important to invest time and care into keeping them healthy. There are plenty of ways to support a healthy brain, like learning a new language or taking power naps. There's also BetterHelp Online Therapy. This isn't the 1980s where there's a stigma around getting brain help, but let's be honest, not enough people take advantage of it. BetterHelp is an online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat-only therapy sessions, so you don't even have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy. You can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Our listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com slash CaseWatch. That's BetterHelp.com slash CaseWatch. And dropped her body by the train tracks. I guess he thought he was so good that they broke even. Right. 
She's like, he's like, I did you a favor. Yeah. I showed you things yeah. you never knew. Yeah. Um, you should you, pay me. You should pay me. Yeah. Yeah. Sharon's body was found a day later. Around this same time, Henry was in a relationship with a girl named Sadie McKnight. That's cute. I like that name. Me too. Sadie worked at a local restaurant named Bojangles and shared an apartment with a co-worker named Caroline Love. Caroline knew Henry very well as he was her good friend's boyfriend, her roommate's boyfriend. Henry and Sadie were so involved that he had a key to her apartment so he could let himself in at any time. Sounds like a He's good such, idea. so trusting. Yep. Yeah. That's exactly what he did on June 19th, 1992. He entered the woman's apartment when neither of them were home. He sat and waited for Caroline to get home. And I'm sure he knew his girlfriend's schedule and knew she wouldn't be home. Oh. Mm-hmm. When Caroline arrived home, Henry walked over to her and kissed her on the cheek. Startled, Caroline told him that if he promised to never do that again, she wouldn't tell Sadie. This angered him for some reason, and he decided to put pressure around her neck. Uh-oh. He kept the pressure until she was almost unconscious, then took her to the bedroom, removed all her clothes, and began raping her violently. Caroline tried to struggle her way away from the vicious man. He didn't like that, so he grabbed a nearby curling iron and strangled the young woman to death with the cord. Oh, boy. What did he do with his girlfriend's roommate's dead body, you ask? He quickly wrapped her up in her own sheets and carelessly stuffed her into a large trash bag, dragged the body to his car and threw it in, and took off without anyone seeing him. What a scumbag. I thought you told me this guy was a nice dude. But listen, like, how did nobody see him dragging, like... He I had always to find drag this amazing. It, yeah. Right? Was there an elevator? Did he go in the elevator with the bag? Or did he go down the stairs with it? Like, this is like dead weight. This is. Yeah. Oh my God. He then dumped Caroline's body in a ditch. Sadie came home that night and received a call from Caroline's sister, Kathy, wondering if she had seen her. The manager of Bojangles had contacted the sister of Caroline because she had never shown up for a shift and this was very out of character for her. Sadie, Kathy, and Henry decided it would be a good idea to go to the police department to file a missing persons report. What a what dirt a bag. What a dirt bag. Seriously. Yep. Oh, I know for a fact she's not coming home, so you should probably go to the police probably station. Go look for, I'll yeah. drive you guys. You guys are upset. I'll drive you. Ugh. What a scumball. Police investigated the apartment and noted that it looked as if there had been a scuffle. Some of the furniture was disturbed and it was noticed that Caroline's sheets were missing. Henry was never investigated and with no leads, the case was filed away. Ugh. That's aggravating. Very aggravating. Henry visited the body on three different occasions. He later told police that there were only bones left on his third visit. Yeah, no crap. What a scumbag. Ugh. Sadie now had no more roommate and needed the extra money for rent. Being such an amazing guy, Henry offered to move in and take Caroline's spot. After all, he knew for a fact she was never coming back. Right. That's wicked nice of him. That is super nice. Thoughtful. Very thoughtful. A thoughtful guy. Yep. Sadie's a lucky gal. I don't know how lucky she is yet. Makes me wonder. Honestly, though, like if you look up pictures of him, he looks like 
a very normal, and I, we say this all the time, he looks like a, a, a normal guy. Like he doesn't look like angry or just a normal. Are you looking him up right now, Mom? I am. Continue okay. on. Okay. The next incident wouldn't be until February 17th, 1993. Shauna Hawk was You're a right. teenager. He looks just like a person I've passed on the street a million yeah. times. Yeah. Wow. Let me see. Yeah. I would have He kind of has like almost a kind face. Like, I, I, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Unbelievable. Okay, so let's get to February 17th, 1993. Shauna Hawk was a teenager and she worked for Henry at Taco Bell. She had just returned from college that afternoon where they, when there was a knock on the door. It was her boss. So she invited him in. She knew him very well and she did not fear him one bit. Not good. Yeah, right. The two sat and talked for quite some time. Henry even confided in the teenager and told her how she, sad he was because he and Sadie had been arguing a ton. What a loser. Let's try and make a teenage girl feel bad for you. Like, ew. Right. You're, you're confiding in your, your adult relationship. I just, ugh. When Henry stood up to leave, he told Shauna that he would really like to have sex with her. Like, totally would like to, because, like, I'm just upset. Yeah, like, I'm upset, and I want to have sex with you. I like your dad's age, but, like, it's totally okay. He then outright asked her. She timidly said yes. I don't know if maybe she felt as if she had to say yes, because he was her boss. Maybe she was afraid she could lose her job. I don't know. It's just Taco Bell. It's not worth it. I know, but, like, a young girl intimidated. I don't know. No, I hear you. It's sad that somebody would be put into this situation in the yep. get-go. Henry took her to the bedroom and instructed her to take off her clothes. The poor girl was so frightened she started to cry. This did not stop the repulsive man, though. He could care less. He went ahead and had sex with her while she was crying the entire time. To me, that's a rape. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, she clearly did not want to have sex with him, and he just kept going. And because she was timid, that to me, you, he definitely raped her. I agree. When he was done, he brought the teenager into the bathroom and choked her out just like he did with Caroline. He then filled the bathtub and put her in it. He made sure, though, before he left Mark, to steal $50 from Shauna's purse on his way out. Oh, wow. Like, why? I don't understand. He's a scumbag. I I don't know. I guess I never do with these people. I just don't. I don't get it. Young Shauna had a bright future studying to be a paralegal, and it was stolen from her in a blink of an eye for no reason. Even worse, this dirtbag went to the funeral and gave his condolences to the grieving family. Oh, what a, oh, wow. Yeah. Shauna's mother, Dee Sumter, was so grief-stricken that she was compelled to start a group called Mothers of Murdered Offspring. She did this alongside Shauna's godmother, Judy Williams. I just, can you, 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 oh, that enrages me so much that he went to the funeral. Yeah, absolutely. That's like a, was that an extra turn on for him? That's what I want to know. I think it is. Like, oh, look at all these sad people because of me. Knowing he caused it. Oh, that is so bad. So bad. June 22nd, Aubrey, Spain, was hit with the same demise as the other victims. Aubrey worked for Henry at the Taco Bell and was even one of the managers. She was raped and strangled viciously and her body left for dead carelessly, not to be found until the 25th of June. 
these these poor women. It sucks. Valencia Jumper was a 21-year-old college student, a very smart political science major, was what she was studying. Valencia was also one of Henry's sister's friends. Other than the prostitute, he's choosing women that are right before his This is eyes. what I was just going to say. Yes. Like, why isn't more women he focus knows. being shown on him? Like multiple yeah. people that he works with. Yes. People that they know. The girlfriend's friend. Yeah. Like, give me a break. Something. We're either just not paying the attention or we don't friend. care. Like he raped and strangled her on August 10th, 1993. The very same as all the others. He became nervous about her body being found. So he set her on fire. Ugh. Yeah. Henry's sister was, of course, in shock over her beautiful friend's death. Don't worry. Her little brother stepped in to console her. And the two of them did what any other friend to the family would do and went to Valencia's funeral. This guy is like totally in my absolute creep book. Yeah. What a scumbag. He is a scumbag. September 14th, 1993. Sometime during the night... Henry must have been bored because he took a stroll to the apartment of another Taco Bell employee and friend, or so she thought. This is what I'm saying right here. Like, these are all people that the circle closes around him. Yep. Give me a break. The 20-year-old woman's name was Michelle Stinson. She was a college student, but also a mother of two sons, a one-year-old and a three-year-old. Henry raped the mother of two, strangled her, then finished her off by strangling her in front of her three-year-old son. Oh, wow. That is horrific. This man is a monster. A monster. Ugh. That very October, Henry would have his one and only child. Thank God. My God. Actually, well, I mean, everybody else he's had sex with, he's killed, so. Exactly, so. Kind of hard to have a kid. Right. February 4th of 1994, he was arrested for shoplifting, Remember, he still had that drug problem to feed, so needed that quick cash. Unfortunately, police didn't even think of him in connection with any of the murders. Why? Well, yeah. Yep. Don't get it. Why bother? He must have gotten a light sentence because he was back at it on February 20th. 25-year-old Vanessa Mack was another one of Henry's friends and worked for him at Taco Bell. This is... It's amazing to me that he was able to keep his job at Taco Bell after being arrested for shoplifting. That's the first thing, right? Right. But I mean, these are in, this is in the nineties. This isn't like they could they do, they could do background checks in the nineties. Like, Absolutely. did they just not know? Maybe I don't know. This aggravates me because you see how many different opportunities yep. that they could have solved this. Well, this aggravated a lot of people. We'll get into that. Henry raped and strangled the young woman to death leaving her two children without a mother. Her girls were seven and four months at the time of her death. Henry murdered Vanessa the same day after Shauna's mother pleaded with the public to help her find her daughter's killer. Things seemed to be amping up. The murder's becoming more frequent. Of course, because he's like, I'm... He's not seeing anything that's going to stop Yeah, he's invincible. Yeah, he's the man. Betty Jean Baucom was a good friend of Henry's girlfriend... And worked with her at Bojangles. He followed his usual course of events, raping and strangling the 24-year-old mother of a a three-year-old little girl. This was on March 8th, 1994. He robbed Betty as well, taking anything he thought he could pawn from her home. He even stole her car. He didn't pawn that, though, but left it in a parking lot. 
Betty's young life was taken from her just a day after her birthday. That's sad. That is. So that evening, the evening of March 8th, Henry went back to the same apartment complex where Betty had lived. They were at the Lake Apartments. So he's really feeling himself now. Oh, yeah. He's like, I'm going to go back to the same place in the same day. He feels invincible. Mm -hmm. Burns Woods and his girlfriend, Brandy June Henderson, lived there as well. The two had a baby boy together. Henry knew Burns was about to start his shift at the Taco Bell, so Brandy would be home alone. This is an extra trigger warning. I mean, this is all a trigger warning, but this is an extra one. Brandy held her infant while Henry raped and strangled her to death. He strangled the baby as well, but luckily he survived. He then took whatever he thought had value from the apartment and took off. The police canvassed the areas around Lake Apartment around Lake Apartments. Now two young, beautiful black women with so much future murdered back to back in cold blood. Police presence didn't deter Henry, though. He must have thought he was invincible, like we said. He was able to walk right into the apartments to rape and strangle and rob another one of his girlfriend's co-workers. I might Wow. God. Deborah Ann Slaughter was found on March 12th, 1994. She was stabbed in the chest over 38 times. The stabbing and the strangling were so personal. Yeah. Finally, Henry was arrested on March 13th, 1994. He was interrogated for 12 hours. During that time, he happily confessed to 10 murders, talked about his crack problem, and even told him about an 11th murder that he committed before moving to the area. Huh. Yeah. When he talked about the murders, he explained every explicit detail. How did Henry get away with all of these murders without being caught? That's the question, right? Right. He should have been numerous times. This is the question, right? Almost every one of these women were linked to him in one way or another. He Multiple o- from the workplace. That's the part. That's the kicker. That. And he only killed black middle class working women. He made sure they were not on the radar in the public eye. Horrific. It is. He came off super nice. Everyone said what an amazing nice guy he was. His girlfriend and everyone that knew him throughout the years were in complete shock when they found out that he was this vicious killer. Dennis Nowicki was Charlotte's police chief at the time. Dennis made a huge deal about Henry's arrest, thanking all who worked hard to find him. Yeah, no. Members of the community did not share the chief's same happiness. They accused the police of not paying as much attention to the murders because all of the women murdered were black. That makes me, that's exactly what I was wondering. Unfortunately, we are still seeing this today here in 2022. It's, it's pathetic. It's very pathetic. And in the fact that he knew that he, he is a black man going after beautiful young black women in his own community. That's, Disgusting, and he did it because he knew they weren't on the radar. It's the sad part because it could have been stopped so many times. It could have been, it could have been stopped so many times. And like you said, like all the people around, I how do you? I don't know. I don't know how he got away with this. <sighs> Dennis Nowicki tried to save face by saying he didn't know of a killer until March of 1994. Well, sir, that's a problem to me. Right. You're the police chief. How many people are? Quote, unquote, missing. Yeah. You know why I don't like him? 
because his name is no wiki. Yeah. We like wiki here. We love wiki. Miss wiki is great yeah. for this podcast. No wiki. We don't like. Yes. Correct. I can't. Oh, I, I just, I don't know. So back in 1994, he said, you know, that's, he didn't know until then. Well, that was when the three women were murdered in the same exact apartment complex, just three days apart. Like, of course, you're going to notice that. Yeah. Dumbass. That's really hard to not notice. Okay. But seven women had already been murdered in the area the same way, the same exact way. And all were connected to Henry Wallace. They were all strangled. I mean, the one that was set on fire. They were either strangled or stabbed or both. And it, it was the same M.O. over and over yep. and over every time these bodies were found. How is that not? It's really odd. This is another person who works with this guy. Right? It's like, give me a break, right, because Do your job. Well, this tells me they didn't even investigate because when they found out where these women worked, they should have gone to the workplace and interviewed everybody there. Absolutely. Do they have anybody that, you know, um, they're afraid of? Have they said it that they're, you know... Um, they think somebody's after them. Like, no, obviously they did zero. No, they didn't care. They didn't care at all. They could care less. And that makes me sick. It does to me too. Because all of these young women were doing something with their lives. They were, they were going to college. They were studying. They, most of them were in college and working. Yep. It just makes me sick. I'm sorry. It really does. As you can see, this causes me extreme anger. It does, but it should. The police department did issue an apology to the community, realizing they should have been more attentive. Whatever. Henry's trial didn't begin until September of 1996. The prosecution wanted the death penalty while the... (laughs) Do you know why I'm laughing? No. You don't know why I'm laughing? No. Why do I say penalty? Why do I add a T? Oh, I missed it. It went right over my head. You're going to have to go back and listen. I'll have to check that out. You guys check it out, too. The prosecution wanted the death penalty while the the defense... I don't know why he's saying that. The defense said Henry suffered from mental illness and wanted life in prison. They argued that the murders were not first degree because there was no premeditation. I disagree with that statement. He chose people he knew. Wholeheartedly. Yep. He picked... He picked who he wanted next, waited until they were home alone, off work, or their roommate or significant other wasn't home. He went to his girlfriend's mm-hmm. roommate's place. And, and waited inside. Because he knew the schedule. That is definitely, he definitely planned each one. That's break. bull crap. I, I want to swear so bad. The defense called psychologist Faye Sultan to the stand to testify on Henry's behalf. Faye said, Mark, that Henry was likely suffering from a mental illness but only during the time of the murders. He's fine now. This illness was due to the physical and mental abuse by his mother. This testimony did not seem to help. And on January 7th, 1997, Henry was found guilty of nine of the 11 murders. He was sentenced to the death penalty and on, on, Jan, excuse me, on January 29th. Here is a little extra tidbit. On June 9th of 1998, while on death row, Henry married a former prison nurse named Rebecca Torres. Wait, you said former prison nurse? Uh Uh-huh. Was it his former prison nurse? Don't know. The ceremony was next to the execution chamber where he had been sentenced to die. Wow. Yeah. We really need to do, do a dive into these prison relationships. Like I, I, these women. Especially knowing the history, violence towards women. Oh, my God. Not one, 11. 
This is crazy. I don't know what I don't know what the uh, the uh, I don't know what the, the intent- draw to it is. Yeah, it's, I was trying to find the word I wanted to. What say. it is is these are women with daddy issues oh who want to have a guy but be able to do you know what whatever they want. Don't have to answer to them. Oh my god! This and, is unbelievable. And they, they can control them because they're in the clink. <laughs> Fit it right? in. Fitted in. <laughs> Unbelievable. So, um, Henry Wallace is currently on death row at Central Prison in Raleigh, North Carolina. He was a pe- he, he appealed his sentence of death row more than once with um, no no avail. So, so I just did some quick Miss Wiki myself. You did? Did you? They find did some- know each other. Oh, she was his nurse, and she resigned as soon as she met him. Oh, so they could be together. my God. She visited him almost every week while he awaited trial. So did she think that he was wrongly accused, perhaps? I don't know why these women believe these men, if, if that's the case. I don't know if it is. Unbelievable. She was wearing a pale green dress covered with pink flowers and a pearl necklace. Ugh. She became Mrs. Henry Louise Wallace. Are they still together? Do we know? The ceremony took place at the Central Prison in Raleigh, North Carolina, where Torres met Wallace after his arrest in 1994. Wallace wore his red prison jumpsuit and black <laughs> tennis shoes. I like how they give us what he wore. <laughs> we need wore, to do a whole Wallace episode wore, on these. Wallace wore what he wears every day. <laughs> Unbelievable. How, though? But anyways, Mark, I'm going to ask you. So there's pictures of all 11 beautiful women. Yep. I'm going to ask that we put that into the show notes. I will do that. Uh, because you just to see how young and I don't know. It's just sad. It's so sad. This guy is a total douchebag. He sure is. Well, think about it, right? His older sister grew up the same way. It's with all the same mother. And she's not a killer that we know of. You know what? And maybe he... Maybe he was scarred mentally from her. I'm sure he was. Yeah. Doesn't give an no, excuse. There's no excuse. Guys, let us know what you think. Facebook and Instagram, Case Watch Podcast. Twitter, Case Watch Pod. Remember, I want some more darn voicemails. 603-212-4600. Hey, Mark, maybe if you're the one who posts. I did the other day. That you'd like more. Oh, did you? I did. Oh. We're on the main Case Watch page. I forgot we had because we're always in the crime Oh, you actually posted on that one about where people were from and ev- yep. everyone Everyone's keeps telling us telling I love us where that. They're from. I like that. Me too. Give us a call, 603-212-4600. Tell us where you're from and tell us what you like about Case Watch. Yeah. We'll put you on the air. That'd be fantabulous. We'll see you on the next one. Bye, guys. See ya. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done.